yeah, obviously we're quite good at football as well. The January Blues are really hitting the red side of North London after a loss to Liverpool in the FA Cup. I'm Jack Wood. Welcome to Fog and Great, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. And as ever, I'm alongside Tom Clark. Hello, mate. And also Andy Viswanathan. Okay, good to be back. Well, it'll be nice to be back after a win at some yeah. point. <laughs> Two pods. <laughs> Two winless pods, Andy. Thank you very oh, much. Perfect hat trick against Palace. <laughs> Good start. It's only up from here. That game at the Emirates, man. Where do we Where do we start? I mean, at the start is probably a good link there. Um, I mean, it it was all going so well. I was feeling very positive inside that first fifty. Well, I mean, I was feeling positive inside that first fifty minutes because we were actually creating chances. Because you know that's been that's been bloody hard to come by. But then it got to 45 minutes, it got to 55 minutes, it got to 65 minutes. And you could just kind of start to tell it wasn't going to be our day. Yeah, I mean, I think um, uh, I actually, I was really encouraged because the last game, we, you know, I think it reminded me a little bit actually in the first half of the West Ham game because I think we were we were massively, massively the better side. Um, and I don't think anyone can debate that at all in the first half. And we created quite a lot of chances, had quite a lot of openings, um, quite a lot of opportunities to, you know, um, to, 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 to go in front. And we just didn't take them, which felt it felt quite nice to be in that situation again after the Fulham game, which was kind of the opposite. We just didn't really take off at all. So, all, all right, we went in at halftime, nil, nil. And we should have been one or two nil up, really. But compared to what we had at the Fulham game, which is that we just looked shit. I was like, oh, this is encouraging um, against, you know, I know they were missing Van Dijk and Shabaslai and Salah, but still a, a good Liverpool side. I, I was quite encouraged by it. And um, and like people around me were as well. Like, but, you know, we, it felt like we were right up for it. And it felt like the la- the players were right up for it. The fans were right up for it. And and after we after the Fulham game, we said on here, like, actually the Liverpool game in the FA Cup takes on a greater level of significance in the, in the aftermath of that result. And it felt like the team believed that as well, judging by the way we we played in that first half. So, yeah, I mean, it felt like things were. I mean, I, I don't know what you think, Andy. I I thought we were in the ascendancy. I thought, oh, this is the maybe this is the 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 great um, fight back of this Arsenal team. Maybe this is the the metal showing and them going. All right, you might think it's all over for us, but it's not. And then um, it changed after that. But that's what I felt in the first half. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think we, we were just talking before they were both in the stadium, Tom and I were both up in Upper North Bank and it felt like that. It felt like a big game and the crowd were up for it when Nelson latched onto that ball from Ramsdale in the first minute. You could see that, you know, that there was something about that game and the FA Cup and you could feel the atmosphere in the ground. I'm sure it came across the same on telly, but it just felt like everyone was up for it. But for, for me anyway, where I was sat around, it seemed like the fans were almost on the edge of their seat from the word go. Every miss, every time we stuttered, it was like we were already kind of almost groaning to an extent, not in a bad way, but we were we were like almost hoping that a goal would go in just to settle the nerves a little bit. And I don't know, it just felt like inevitability. There was just one corner, I think we could have scored right across the goal line it wasn't the Havertz head it was a bit before I can't remember who got the end of it and it just dribbled across and you thought right a goal's got to be coming soon just it was just a sense of we will go 1-0 up and if we go 1-0 up I had that kind of feeling that 
Liverpool wouldn't cave, but they'd probably say, okay, you know what? We'll kind of shut up shop. We'll play on the counter, try and nick a draw. The whole game, I had the feeling that Liverpool wanted to take that back to Anfield. They'd take a replay and they'd beat us at Anfield. That was their mentality. They were coasting through that game. There's only one team playing well and there's only one team trying to win that game. I know Trent had that chance at the end of first half, but we're all over them. And if you can't put the ball in the back of the net, a team as good as Liverpool, probably one of the most informed teams in Europe now. And I think Arteta said that they will find a way to come back at you, and that's that's what happened, unfortunately. Yeah, I think if you, I, I think if this game wasn't preceded by the form that we're currently in, we would be taking a lot of positives from the game. Although, yes, we lost two 0 to Liverpool in the first 45, 55, 60 minutes. We were well on top against possibly the best team in England at this moment in time. You know, and like the amount of chances we created, it it was it was really positive. It was, it's ridiculous to say that it was refreshing to see. But we've been playing so badly the last few games that it was like, oh, okay, we Tom, like you were saying, is is our steal? We're back here, we are, mm-hmm. and it's it was just the same old story. There's there's nobody inside that eighteen yard box that can put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, it's uh. I mean, we saw it coming, didn't we? You know, I, I, I think we, um, I think we kind of saw it coming before a lot of people did that this was going to end up being a problem. Um, I think back to the Wolves game um, where I look back at now with such a, I mentioned it last week, with such a feeling of of what a twat I was for being so annoyed about the <laughs> two one win are. at home against Wolves, right? But um, I look back to that game and. You know, went two 0 up early doors. Um, within fifteen minutes, I think it was from memory. And um, you know, absolutely coasting, had chance after chance after chance. Really, never put the game to bed. And then all of a sudden, the last ten minutes became a fucking rear guard action nightmare because we just didn't put the game to bed. And even though we got those two early goals in that game, I was still th- sitting there thinking, you know what? Some stage is going to come back to bite us. It's going to come back to to bite us right on the ass because. You know, it's not sustainable. Just like last season, it wasn't sustainable for us to maintain such a a great attacking record based on what was quite a low, well, relatively low expected goals statistic. This season, it's the other way around. You know, we weren't going to maintain our high scoring rate based on the fact that we weren't actually, you know, creating that many great chances and we weren't really being able to put the ball in the back of the net. And that's where we kind of stand now is that we 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 just don't have that clinical cutting edge to put the game to bed and when you're playing against top top sides which more than ever in the Premier League now you are because there's a lot more great sides in this league now than there were 15-20 years ago um, you're going to find it really difficult and it doesn't matter how talented your other players are you know you're really you're really going to struggle to be able to to do anything meaningful with regards to winning trophies or or, or proper honours if you're if you're going into games against sides like Liverpool, having 20, 21 shots, whatever it was, and not scoring one, it was, you know? it was that, that's good. That's, yeah. that, it doesn't matter who you what's what, what you might have. The, you could have a midfield of you know Pirlo and um, uh, Vieira, and you could have Beckham on the right wing, and you could have Perez on the left wing. But the fact is, if there's no one up top who can score, you're going to struggle. And we don't have that, you know. Our number nine is a bloke who, and he didn't play. And um, <laughs> it was really funny. 
Jack, Jack texted, I don't know if he texted you as well after the game, Andy, but he texted me after the game and he said, I've, I've, I think I've lost it. I've just called Jesus Lacazette part two or, or something along those lines. And I thought that's hilarious because the man didn't even play. And he's catching these strays. <laughs> he's catching these fucking bullets despite he didn't even play. But the truth is we've got a number nine in Gabby Jesus who freely admits that goal scoring is not his strong point. And then you've got Eddie Nketiah who I think would be a really solid striker for Crystal Palace. And then after that, you're looking at either Trossard who could quite easily, you know, play the role of a, uh, of one of the Umpa Lumpers in in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, he's like five foot one, and or Kai Havertz, who again, a majestic footballer in the way that he he, he can he can hold the ball up and and I think we actually saw that quite a lot yesterday. He's never going to bag you twenty five goals a season. He's never going to bag you twenty five goals a season. So we've got four potential strikers, none of whom are goal scorers. And I don't know of any other top club in European football who can say that. You know, they haven't got at least one. And I don't count Man United as a top club in European football, so we don't really talk about them. But even fucking Chelsea, you know, they've got Kunku, who I reckon when, once he's fit and hits a bit of form, he's probably going to bag a few goals. Mm. And they're shit. And here we are competing for all the top honours. You know, you had me a couple of weeks back on here saying we were we were right up there with buying... Real Madrid and Man City as, as favourites to win the Champions League mm. making a mockery of me we haven't got a striker we can't win the Champions League no. without a striker you can't win the league without so that's yeah that's the main that's obviously the main issue that one you know, has, that one hasn't made it to TikTok yet <laughs> 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 might, might leave that in the drafts for a little while longer yeah leave it there <laughs> um, you know. I was listening to an interesting podcast yesterday um and there's this and Tom you've made the point in on podcasts in recent weeks that Man City have Haaland and for all of his bad form and his niggles of recent weeks, you just know he's going to score at least 25, 30 goals this season. Liverpool have Mo Salah, who goes to AFCON now, is going to do the same. And those are strikers and uh, those are attackers that have this mentality where if they get a chance and they miss it, it's all right because in their head they're going to, they're going to score the next one and they, they will get another chance. And Tom, earlier on in the season, we talked about Kai Havertz being a a proper confidence player and Andy it looked like his confidence was just going lower and lower in real time as we were watching the game with every chance that went by he looked more and more timid yeah he he kind of played the way he normally does as left eight in that striker position where he was kind of running through on goal and he was trying to pass it to the side almost behind him in a way he didn't want to shoot remember one vividly ran through on goal maybe the angle was a bit tight but he never at one point wanted to shoot. He cuts it back for Nelson, unlucky, gets a block. But he, it's, it's tough because we seem to have so many players that are confidence players. They're not mentality monsters, if you want to use that term. Erdegaard, maybe. Saka, maybe. They kind of break that barrier. But Martinelli, Havertz, Jesus, Inketi, if they're not on it, they miss one good chance, they're done for the game, especially Jesus. You can see the way he winces after he misses a very clear opportunity. It's almost like he's about to start bursting into tears. And you you don't get that with your likes of Haaland. Haaland will miss three chances and then score four in the game. That is what he'll do. But just, just sticking on Havertz yesterday, I think it's, it's a bit of a shame because I don't think he played that badly. I think he did what, he, what we needed him to do against a non-Van Dijk centre-back pairing so he I think he, he played well kind of dominated the front uh, their back two when needed but he had the chance right he had that header come into the box mm. plant it 
free header for a man of his size that needs to go in and if that doesn't go in fine he had a few chances in the second half it's one of those isn't it I think it, it seemed like he turned the corner but yeah look it's just unfortunate yesterday it's nothing wasn't going our way so it doesn't I don't think we're in crisis mode yet I, I don't think we're too far from it I think there's people on Twitter that mm-hmm. think we are absolutely in crisis mode and <laughs> some of it's been utter bollocks but with this current team that we have disregarding injuries and availability at this current moment what is the ceiling of this team in its current state in this current phase that Arteta has built this team to really difficult to say because I, I, I genuinely do think I genuinely do think even without an out and out striker there's 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 quality that when we didn't we, we, we had less attacking options last season and we did fine. And I know we were overperforming in terms of XG. Um, uh, you know, we scored more goals than we probably statistically should have done last season. But that's football. That's That's been happening for the, the entirety of time. What I would say is that, you know, we, we, we probably overperformed last season. And the argument is there to suggest we're underperforming this season. Um, in terms of the league... You know the, the the English the English Premier League now is really very very difficult to judge because you could have the greatest season of your entire club existence and doesn't particularly matter because Man City of Man City right that's almost where we were like you know it wasn't the greatest season in our club's existence but it was our best season for a long long time last year 15, 20 years or whatever right and and it didn't matter in the end because Man City and Man City so. In the league, I find it really difficult to say we should be winning the league because I don't think anyone outside of Man City, considering their their um, their squad, their investment over a long period of time, their coach is the best in the world. I, I find it hard to say anyone should be winning the league other than Man City. The ceiling for us is, I think, probably just we need to, we need to be challenged them every year. Like that's it. You need to be you need to be fighting them every year, and no one's ever going to be the favourites while Pep Guardiola is still at Man City. And, you know, but can, but can, can we reality. can we do that with this current squad? Do you think? I, I think you need to evolve. I think you need to evolve every season. I, I, I think when it, when it comes down to it, at the end of the season, I don't think we're going to finish more than ten points by Man City. I really don't. Um, I think we'll probably recover. I, I, you know, people might say you know aiming to finish ten points behind Man City is a pathetic aim. And you know, maybe it is, but that's the reality. I think, I think we've we've probably misjudged this season a little bit. I think um, we've probably ended up investing in areas that perhaps you know was Havertz a necessary. But I like him, I genuinely do. Was he a necessary purchase? It feels like a luxury player when we had a limited amount to spend in the summer, you know, and we spent a hundred and however many million it was on Declan Rice, who I think. You know, I, I I would do that time and time again. I'd do that every year for the rest of my life if he's that good. But knowing we were going to spend the outlay on him, was it sensible to spend 60 million on Havertz when probably we should have seen this drop in goal scoring form coming? I don't think so. So the the, the, the ceiling for this squad is probably is probably second or third. Um, yeah. And you're and, and, and in, in Europe... Inter got the Champions League final last year and this squad's better than what Inter had. Um, so in knockouts, you never know, do you? If we, if we hadn't drawn Liverpool 
yesterday and we'd drawn Huddersfield at home like City did, we'd have won. And and then if we'd have drawn, you know, um, Wrexham in the next round, then we'd have won. The cups are the cups. We came up against the, the about as hard of a home tie as we possibly could have had yesterday. And that's the reality of it. Um, so it's in terms of the knockout competitions, I, I don't know where the ceiling is. I'd, I'd suggest we're still a semi-final Champions League team. I'd hope we are. But in terms of the league, without having a, a, a guaranteed striker, uh, it's hard to see us being able to to take it to the next level without that at least. Yeah, I, I think the league has to be the metric, and I agree with Tom there that look, it, it's hard to say where your ceiling is when you haven't quite found your floor yet. And I think we had a really good season last year, was broke through expectations a little bit, and now we're kind of almost trying to find an equilibrium where we're saying, okay, underperforming this bit. I think where we are is we're probably the third best team in England, maybe us and Liverpool up there because Liverpool kind of come to the end of their cycle I think if Salah goes next year do we have a chance to maybe overtake them possibly but I think City are the benchmark our ceiling is probably going to be determined by how many seasons we can keep competing in the next kind of two to three years if we compete every year and we make the right signing in striker we kind of get another CDM replace Partey maybe solidify that back line Timbers back then I think, look, the league's got to be the way that you measure that and you've got to be within five points every year, if not win it eventually. Look, this I will say this now, this is Arteta's vision. This is his structure and his system. My only concern is now, again, I was listening to someone else say this the other day, we've put so much into Arteta that if this goes slightly wrong, and we we can't just get someone else to come in and play the system. It would take a complete revamp. And that's the problem. We've kind of put all our eggs into this Arteta basket, which is why the Arteta out stuff is nonsense, complete nonsense, especially now anyway. But we have built a system from the ground up now in these last four years. And we just break through to this next stage of his process, um, wherever that may be. But evolve is the big word here. And if we don't, we could slip back under. I think that's. I think the evolution is really important. It's really important because you don't stand still as a as a club or a side anymore and expect to still be competing year on year. I think it's really also important for perspective to note that Liverpool put together, you know, Jurgen Klopp built an absolute monster of a side in Liverpool. You know, Salah, who's one of the most unstoppable, most brilliantly consi- also consistent, like hasn't had an off season. Well, since he joined him before he joined Liverpool, you know, he's been so consistent for them. Um, built an amazing midfield and no one really ever saw Jordan Henderson being as influential as he end up, ended up being and brought in Van Dijk and Matip and built this. And Trent is a, a creative genius and Robertson, Steemit. That was an absolutely unbelievable squad with Firmino and Mane as well. One title. They won one title. That amazing team with arguably, you know, one of the best managers of the modern era, won one title. And that's 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 where we are. It, it, you know, we, what's fucking annoying is it felt like that was that our one title <laughs> might have been last year. It might have been. And and that's 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 what's excruciatingly painful is we we really might never actually be that good again. You know, um but the, 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 what you have to do to compete with Pep is continue to evolve as you said, Andy, is, is the evolution of the squad. And it's about pick and 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 as fucking brutal as it is, it's about picking holes in the players that we've got now and saying, all right, you're good. Are you really, really good enough? Is Ben White really the right back that leads us to a league title? 
was Ramsdale the keeper that really takes us through a league, top league title? Whatever you think of David Raya, was Ramsdale a Premier League winning goalkeeper? And 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 there are going to be more of these difficult conversations to be had about players who we love because they took us to a new level that we haven't seen for 15 years. But are they that absolute, are they enough to be able to take you over the line against Erling Haaland or Mo Salah? And that's the big one. So, yeah, I think, I think we have to be, we have to be prepared for um, some painful decisions when it comes to squad building. And that includes players who we really, really love. Uh, and I think that's probably going to be, I mean, I, I, I knew it was going to happen anyway, but I think the Ramsdale saga showed that we're, the, the, the Arteta and the rest of the backroom staff are not scared of those conversations and situations having to come up because we all like loved Ramsdale. Um, well, well, we all know he's ruthless because of what he, what he did to Aubameyang, what he did to Gwen. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, I think, yeah. Um, uh, I think that's probably something we're going to have to get used to. And if we want to compete year after year after year, that's just what you have to do. I mean, Pep's done it. You know, the, the players who 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 were man, you know, Grealish last season was one of their, you know, standout players. Um, and this season he's a bit in and out. And this is this is how it works. You know, if you're a top top club, um, and you're you've got Jeremy Doku to bring on, you've got Phil Foden to bring on. This is it. You know, <laughs> you've got you're, Kevin you're De Bruyne returning from injury. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, it's a lot easier for Man City than it is for Arsenal because at the end of the day, if you fuck up a signing for Man City, if you bring in a Calvin Phillips and he's not actually what you want, it doesn't matter. You know, you can spend 50 million on a player and it not work out and it doesn't matter. Whereas with Havertz, it's kind of make or break. You know, we, 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 this summer we, 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 we brought in, <laughs> brought in Rice, who has been an enormous success and will be for the next 10 years, hopefully in an Arsenal shirt, right? That's, I'm not worried about that one. Then you bring in Urien Timber, for 40 million quid and unfortunately he's pretty much out for the season from day one and that's a killer and hopefully he'll be able to come back to the to the level that he was at and improve even more but we don't even know about that once that's up in the air Havertz as much as I like the way he plays and I think he is a, he's a really good football player how he fits into the long term future of the squad I think is up in the air and with Raya is he an elite goalkeeper on the level of, of Alisson Edison you know the top keepers in the game I don't think he is. So, you know, if you're looking to improve the squad again next year, you can't make more as many mistakes again. You cannot bring in another Raya and you can't really afford another Havertz, another player who might make it or might break it. Um, you've got to be fucking spot on as an Arsenal manager because we have limited funds. We don't have the unlimited pot of money that, that Pep does. Kind of going on Arteta's game management here, and his use of subs and the tactical tweaks mm. when we have been chasing games. It's all been kind of, what's the point? Like, I think back to when we lost to West Ham in the in the League Cup earlier in the season. And we were 2-3-0 down by the 75th minute, whatever. And Arteta goes to some, it was some fucking bizarre, like 3-4-3 three, three formation, which we've never seen again. We probably no. should have never seen in the first place. It just stank of desperation. So in the moments like that, Try something that you think could stick. Don't just yeah. don't just hail Mary it. Don't do something ridiculous that you're going to just put in the fucking shredder the next morning in your office. Like try try something which you think could actually work. If we coach on it a bit more, and there we have a plan B. We we have no plan B. 
Yeah, and I think that's where yeah. I think that's where the evolution comes in. And I, I think uh, what I will say is, I think because of where we were as a side before last season, I don't think there were many times where you know we weren't we weren't expected to win as many games as we do expect to win now in seasons gone by. This is really the first season where we are we are chasing games because people expect us to win ninety nine games out of a hundred games that we play. Right, so. We we didn't see much of this last year because we we weren't we were very rarely behind last year until at least sort of March onwards Bournemouth and Villa come to mind but we were very rarely behind last season so we was very little chasing the game oh if we were behind we always seemed to be behind for about five minutes yeah. and then we'd score and it'd be fine and right? then and, and then the, the other thing on last season was we we'd scored so much within the first twenty minutes and we'd be ahead of the yeah, game anyway yeah and, and and when we did go behind in games um. Uh, was it was it um, Villa at home? I think we went behind, and we 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 scored straight. We equalised within about three minutes, and that happened. That happened loads of times yeah. over the course of the season. You know, we we would get back into games almost immediately, and we don't do that anymore. There's and, no and urgency we, when and, we go behind in games, and, the, and those fast fast starts this season are virtually non-existent. You know, yeah, obviously yeah. fun um, happened, but we we did our fast start and then got on the bus <laughs> back, shat the bed, yeah, just left Craven Cottage after five minutes. Like if, the, the, if, yeah. if, if if we yeah. do have sorry sorry Andy um sorry. we if we do have those fast starts and we get a goal against the low block then all of a sudden we're not playing against the low block because the team has to come out and try and get a goal back sorry Andy continue no I was gonna say that there was, it's absolutely right I think the problem is we were and still are very much a Plan A team and like you say Tom last season Plan A worked a lot of the time and even when it didn't we scored straight away and then back to Plan A right you yeah. can't sit stick ten man ten men behind the ball if your level or if we got 1-0. The problem is this season, we let the margin shrink so much that maybe we get to 60-65 minutes, then Liverpool nick a goal and the epitome of it was in the stadium. It was almost like there was a balloon over the Emirates and someone took a massive pin mm. and just popped it all mm. over the stadium. It was crazy. I've never seen an atmosphere go from electric to flat yeah. apart from that end of the Liverpool fans, obviously, but it, it was just crazy. And you know why? It wasn't because we went 1-0 down. And it wasn't because we missed all the chances. I think most of that was because we don't have a plan B and the fans knew it and the players knew it. We just didn't have any response to it. And I don't think we created a single chance after that. And then Luis Diaz got goals and scores a second goal. The problem is when you go 1-0 down, whether it's in the 50th minute against Fulham, 80th minute against Liverpool, we stick to plan A. We don't have a plan B. And not always about plan B is not always about a player, but... I know why a certain part of the fan base was crying out for a different kind of striker this summer. So someone tall like a Vlavic or Oshman maybe next year would look at, I don't know, but calling out for someone that's tall, athletic, someone that's like a Havertz, but, you know, can probably put the ball in the back well, of the net more. But, score. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it, it's, it's rough, right? So when Jesus is not at it, you bring on someone tall, you whack it in the box. What do we do against Fulham? start knocking in the box after we take Havertz off. So just some of these things don't make sense, but the real kind of bugbear and it's almost a gripe for me is there is no plan B. And often you say teams that are easy to play against, you say that when they're in, you know, with the really in the doldrums and when we were 10th a few years ago, so we're easy to play against in a different kind of way. We're easy to play against now. We're a good team, well-drilled, but fuck me. If we go one nil down, it's almost game over this season because we don't have that kind of way to, how do you reinvent it? We just don't have that option. Uh, yeah, we will. I mean, probably have to wrap this up in a minute because think about calling Samaritans. But <laughs> what I would say is um, uh, 
I mean, you're, you're absolutely spot on about the, the 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 balloon above the Emirates being popped, and that was it, right? Like, there was absolutely no one in the stadium who, after we went one nil down, thought we were going to get back into the game. That's that's the reality, and it was the same against West Ham. It was the same against West Ham. You know, it, it was it was complete inevitability. You know, that Mavropanos goal against West Ham, it had to be him. It had to be that bloke who we knew wasn't good enough for us that scored the second goal. And it was got, we knew we weren't getting back in the game. Well, where they go 2 1 up, I knew we weren't getting back in the game. That feels like another huge difference to last season is that when we went 1 0 down last season, didn't matter what minute of the game we went 1 0 down, you were still confident we'd get three points. We, had that, one ine- point. we had that inevitability. We we had that. We were, had it in spades. It was like a, 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 a fucking. Mid two thousands Mourinho team inevitable they would win every game somehow you know I'm not going to go as far as to say Ferguson because you know he won God knows how many league titles so to compare us to that is a bit too far but the inevitability last season it didn't matter if we were one nil down fuck me it didn't even matter if we were two nil down you had that feeling we are going to win the game we don't have that anymore and I don't think anyone's scared of us anymore. I don't think Liverpool, when they want one, when they went one nil up yesterday, would have been sitting there going, "Right, we've got to sit in now. We're, we're you know, this is going to be this is going to be rear guard action for ten minutes." Um, a lot of differences to last season's team. Uh, do Do you think we're worse? Do you think we're a worse team having spent two hundred million quid? Let, I'll, let I'll me pause. Com- I'll be completely honest. I'll lay my cards and say, "Well, I think we are. I think we're a worse let- football team." Let, let me pose a question that I heard on another Arsenal podcast a few days ago. Would last season's Arsenal 11 beat this season's Arsenal 11? It's always really interesting. And I, I don't know, look, if you take first six months of last season, absolutely. Take last season as a whole, maybe not. But what was really interesting is, do we have more control this season than last season? Yes. Are we more structured? Are we harder to set up against in the last few weeks? been a bit of an anomaly, but... I feel like we're we're more dominant in games, yet somehow I still feel like last season's Arsenal would blow us away in the first twenty five minutes. Yeah, and I just and I think, think it's, I, yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm matching them up. But I'm yeah. thinking Rice is a fucking excellent football player playing in that role that he's been playing in this season, but it's really really easy to forget how good Thomas Partey was last year. You know, before he he had a bit of a knock, he was absolutely unbelievable in that role. And then you look at Martinelli last year. Compare that to Martinelli, Martinelli was a better player year. last year, but on yeah. form last year, Saka is 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 unfortunately, and I hate and I cannot believe I'm saying this, but there was a little bit of a what is wrong with fucking Saka atmosphere going on yesterday. That, that one where with the ball ended up at his feet, and he tried to side foot it in with his right foot, and it just went nowhere. It was like a Sunday yeah. League player trying to kick it with his weak foot, and the entire North Bank just went, oh, for. Fuck's sake! And you just felt that he, I've never had that with Saka before, and I don't think anyone's had. He's not good, as good of a, he's not playing like he did last year. Martinelli's not playing like he would like like he did last year. I feel like Saka would would rip through, would just run past Havertz with not even a care in the world. Um, and Erdegaard was I just I just feel I just feel like we're a worse team. And I, I maybe 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 this time next year given a bit more time to gel and Havertz more clear on his role and players back in form, maybe in a month's time, we can have the same question and see what we feel then. But I can't shake the feeling that we went out after our best season in 15 years, spent £200 million on players and became a worse football team. That hurts. Gives me Chelsea vibes. On that note. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, feel, I feel like I finish the podcast every single time with you finishing up around and I'm saying on that note yeah <laughs> Jesus I, feel, I, feel like, well, it is, I mean oh. it's not it, it's not I, I just Jack what did you say uh, I know Andy you, you kind of do you th- do, Andy do you think this team would beat last year's team no no and I think that's the optimist and the purest to me that says <laughs> we played some of the best football I've seen any Arsenal generation play and I'm talking about that Fabregas Nasri team in 2008 that blew everyone away that yeah. team of youngsters I think last team season would be all of those I think we'd give the Invincibles a run for their money maybe not beat them but Jesus we were so good so we good. were electric we were at times we were the best team on the planet but I, 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 hate, I hate questions like this right <laughs> Because last season we weren't playing against low blocks every week, and we could transition to our fucking heart's delight. The, yeah, the, the, like the, the context was so different. Yeah, you're right. But it was. that's fair. Yeah. But I completely understand. Like last season's team was so dangerous going forward, and you know, like 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 we said a few minutes ago, barring the last five six results, which. You, you know it is is very bad form mm. we were defensively very very good which we weren't last season to you know when when we, when we, were, we were on the stretch towards the end of the, the league title race mm-hmm. so it's if we if we can somehow invent a time machine slot this season's back four into last season we win the league we, we we've kind of gone from being Incredible going forward, but a little bit leaky at the back to this season being fucking lackluster to say the least going forward, but being very steady at the back in brackets, barring the last five, six games. Until until the last three, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're probably right. Um, I think it probably would end up being a bit of an attack versus defence game, Yeah, to be honest, but... Let's just hope Saliba doesn't defense, get fucking defense, injured. Defence is when you leagues. Keep the faith. Yeah, well, they, maybe, maybe you're right. Only I if you score enough goals to win the game. So. Listen, fuck, we might be sat here in, in June Gosh. and we might have just won the Champions League. We'll, I don't we'll, know. We'll, we'll, it's, win, it's we'll win every game 1-0, boys. It's fine. It's fine. Long, long way it's to go. Fine. But um, it's really very difficult to be optimistic right now, isn't it? I think. It is. It is. A, a lot of this is, uh, you know, it, it, it is going to be clouded with like short-termism. If that's, that's a word now. Um... <laughs> It is going to be clouded by, you know, the, the form of the last few weeks, which, you know, it's it's, it's quite right that we, we are thinking these things because the way we've played has been, it's it's been so surprising. Well, I say surprising. I, I think it's surprising it's got this bad. Like, Tom, we've had the conversations about kind of seeing it coming in terms of lack of goals. Yeah. You, you could kind of potentially see it going that way. But to the extent that it's gone that way, I don't think anybody saw coming. No, but no, and and I didn't see it going that way against Fulham and West Ham. No, I just want to go back to something Tom said last week on the pod. And he said if if we lose against Liverpool, be the longest two weeks in the history of football. And I agreed with you last week. I yeah. think I disagree with you today because I feel like God, do we need those two weeks to reset and recharge? And I, for one, I don't know about you guys, I'm looking forward to just switching. I'm off to Dubai actually with the team. I just need to fucking <laughs> go, not look at football, not look yeah. at any fixtures. And I think we need that as a team. And I thought last week, I agreed with you, if we lose today, it'll be all hell breaks loose. We're really going to struggle. I think, you know what? No, we played well yesterday. I'm with you, Jack. There's, I've got that tiny bit of optimism somewhere. Palace will surely kill it off next week. Don't worry about that. But until then, I'm there. 
we need these we need these couple of weeks off of reset refocus it's gonna be a long old season well, left oh, remember it's, it's remember gonna... remember last podcast and i was like fuck it it's a it's a throwaway <laughs> game yeah exactly it's free hit you all laughed at me <laughs> Oh, you're not laughing now, are you? You you, you say all that, you say all that, and then it's like two weeks off, rest and relax. Think of that nice, lovely relaxing into by just chilling out, and then you wake up in a cold sweat. And Eze's one on one with David Ryan is what? And that's 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 what I'll be thinking of. Right, we uh, we we're we're gonna leave it there. We need to get Tom a a cold towel and a couch. <laughs> and, may, and, may, and maybe a cigarette in one of those like 1960s holders. Oh, uh, just give me just... a pipe at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for listening if you made it this far. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Tom, for joining us as ever. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing, all our social media will be in the description down below. Uh, please feel free to give us a like, give us a rating, one star, five star, whatever. Just interact with us. We've got an email address now and everything as well. So just drop us an email, say hello, uh, do whatever you like. Thank you so much for listening, and we will speak to you next time. Cheerio. Cheers, guys.